know how to drive? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do, really. No, no, I'm not, I'm not very good at it, Mr. Miyagi. No, no, me neither. Well, I really don't have a license. Me neither. All right, I guess it's okay then. Welcome to Karate Kid Minute, a podcast where we discuss the original 1984 classic, The Karate Kid, one unlicensed minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. And joining us today, one more time from Karate Kai Nerds Dojo Podcast is the Cobra Kai dad himself, Kevin. Hey guys, thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. It's been a long week. We're we're probably going to get out of this one camera setup that we've had for the last two two weeks <laughs> uh so many people have talked about this one long shot but uh it's finally coming to an end so uh but i i i do have to you know just mention again here like it's so great that this movie takes its time um and uh you just kind of like really take it in the characters really get to study them it's it's kind of cool uh, in a way for a minute by minute podcast to, to cover this stuff because like, it's kind of like, you love these characters. <laughs> well, we're going to tell you so many things about them. <laughs> we're going to try to explain and try to analyze them as deeply as possible. So, um, all right. Well, this is minute 48 of the karate kid. It begins with a nice bow and ends with a few bumps. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, this is the part where, Miyagi bows and he says, good night, Daniel son. And then Daniel does a quick bow and says, good night too. And, uh, immediately messes up Miyagi's name again. <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> Come on, man. Miyagi, oh, Miyagi. Uh, Kevin, do you have any experience at messing up people's names? <laughs> I know we, we talked about how embarrassing it is last week, but <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think I've mastered the art of covering it. I mean, uh, just with my work, I mean, I'll be out and about and I'll, uh, I'll run into somebody and uh, where I work, I'm the only male in the entire office. So I'm pretty recognizable. Oh. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they'll be, Hey, how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, Hey, how are you? I haven't seen you in a while. And my wife's like, who's that? I'm like, hell if I know. I mean, <laughs> Oh man, I I just I have a terrible memory for people's names. I, I it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Even in the office, family members. Even I'm like oh, my wife's family. No idea. No idea. I've been with her for a long time. A long time. Uh, <laughs> and, and I still have not mastered everybody's name. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I hear you. Um, all right, so we. We get into we get some bowing here. We get we get our first uh, bowing. I mean, there's we've talked about the always look the eye uh, bowing scene that's coming up later in the movie. But here's just kind of a, a quick bow. So I I did some research, of course, to get into bowing to find out all about bowing, and I'm here to tell you all about it. Like everybody tunes into our podcast. It's Friday. It's time to learn about bowing. This is good stuff. Uh, so. <laughs> I found this from the website gogonihan.com. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, so uh, bowing is a way to greet each other, but also to thank each other, to apologize to each other, or even like to ask a favor. The Japanese word for bowing is ojigi. Ojigi? Matt? <laughs> uh, it's, it's o- 
J I G I. Yeah. Ojigi. Yeah. Ojigi. Ojigi. Um, so here's how to bow in Japan. So your lower torso does not move when you bow. Uh, and when, when you do, your eyes have to be looking down and you can't slouch. You can't curve your back. You got to have a whole straight posture. And if you're a guy, you have to have your hands and your arms at your sides. And if you're a woman, it's gotta be hands and arms in the front of you. And the deeper the bow, the more respect you're giving. Um, and like, I don't know, to me, it's kind of, it, it almost seems very subservient <laughs> in a way. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just because of my American thinking, like, you know, I'll never, I'll never bow to no one. Uh, but uh, you know, people are bowing to each other all the time in Japan, I guess. <laughs> I was waiting for you to throw a, I'm not bowing to anyone, brother. <laughs> that was coming out, man. <laughs> I, I'm American, but I'm not going to pull out Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> God, I actually have a story now that we brought up Hulk Hogan. Do you want to hear a Hulk Hogan story? Oh, <laughs> That's random, but okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's in this franchise sometime, right? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so uh, I was, uh, I went to, for my birthday as a teenager, uh, my friends got me tickets to like a wrestling show and Hulk Hogan was headlining. Um, and it was still like, you know, I don't know when, wrestling like like everybody was watching wrestling you know it was still wwf um all your heroes were in it like hulk and andre the giant and yada yada hacksaw jim duggan and all them um but yeah hulk hogan was headlining and uh so after the after the show my friends and i like i i, I was like riding shotgun and my friend ray was like you know hey uh let's see if we can catch any wrestlers coming out of the arena and we'll, we'll, we'll follow them and see if we can, they go somewhere. We can go get like an autograph sign or something. And I was like a teenager, teenager going, okay, sure. <laughs> and it was funny because we had this like, like little like routine, uh, down where <laughs> we would like all three in unison. I don't know. It was like a thing we kind of learned to like, enjoy the, like do just in case like the wrestling cameras went in front of you. Like we all like kind of flexed, and then flexed, like flexed down and then flexed over our heads and then did the, 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 uh, the kind of flex. And then the other hand is pointing all sync yeah. in, in synchronicity. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're sitting in my friend Ray's car and, uh, a limo pulls out and he's like, we'll follow that one. <laughs> it was just like, so stalkery. So the limo pulls up to a Denny's <laughs> and out of the limo, several wrestlers step out. And the one that, of course, caught my eye was uh, the American hero himself, Hulk Hogan, who uh, got on the got on a payphone outside Denny's. <laughs> like, just like it's just the weirdest thing to see, like a superstar like Hulk Hogan, like on a payphone. <laughs> and he's like talking to his manager or something and uh, giving him a lowdown of the show and how it went and yada, yada. And then he gets off the phone and he turns around and he sees us three dimwit teenagers standing there like, Oh my God, Hulk Hogan, how are you? Blah, blah. And the guy, like, I got to give credit to him because he just immediately went into Hulk Hogan. He's like, what's up little dudes. And, uh, <laughs> and so we're like, we had nothing. We, we didn't even know what to say. So what we did, we went right into the, to the synchronized routine. We flexed down and we flexed up and then we all flexed and pointed to the side and we're like, yeah. And, and he looked at us for a second. And he's like, 
you dudes are crazy. And then he turned around and went in and got his, uh, I don't know, his pancakes or something. (laughs) 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 That's my stupid Hulk Hogan story. (laughs) Crazy cool or just literally crazy? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a form of uh, affection towards us. I don't know, like, you know, appreciation. Uh, But yeah, we left we left everybody alone after that. I think we saw like Brutus the Barber beefcake, you know, inside Danny sitting in a, in a booth. It was just the weirdest thing. Uh, he walked away and then he opened uh, Hulk Hogan's pasta mania in the, in the local mall. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember those? No. What you, what, Postumania? P- pasta mania. Oh, pasta manian. Pasta mania. Hulk Hogan's pasta mania. I think that's what it was. Let me look it up. Really? Yeah. He, he did like an Italian restaurant or something or. I believe so. I'm gonna look it up. Oh my god! I remember something about that. It was like in the Mall of America or something, or I don't know if they were. A <laughs> yeah, it was in like mall food courts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I've never heard of that. Why would you go to Hulk Hogan for pasta? Like, I don't know. Like, how would he ever come across as an expert in in pasta? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well. Um, did, did you find anything, Matt? Yeah, I just put an image in the chat. <laughs> oh, okay. oh my God. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> that is a hilarious image. Uh, let me describe it for the people at home. It is Hulk Hogan in a yellow shirt that says pasta mania in the same script as, uh, Hulkamania. And he's also wearing a yellow, uh, chef's hat that says pasta mania on it as well. And he's, uh, holding up, uh, uh, looks like a dish of spaghetti, but uh, and, and I, then the next picture is him at like the opening night of one of his pasta mania <laughs> locations. <laughs> wow, uh, I will definitely be uh, putting these images on our uh, social media the week this comes out. <laughs> I won't put it up now because people will be like, "What?" <laughs> uh, but um. All right, guys, get your protractors out. We're going to go back to more bowing lessons. Uh, <laughs> there are three There are three types of bowing, okay? The protractor, I mean, is because uh, the first bow is that you bow at 15 degrees, and it's called ishaku. Uh, and it's more like a casual, you're like saying hi, saying thanks, like just a quick quick little bow. The next one is kere. I'm trying my best here, Matt. I'm hoping. I'm- How's that one spelled? <laughs> okay. It's K-E-I-R-E-I. K-Ray? K-Ray? All right. Mm. 30 degrees. K-Ray. Yeah. K-Ray. K-Ray. Should have rolled my tongue. Uh, 30 degrees. This is one you use in business situations where you kind of show respect to somebody of a higher status. And then there's sai Okay. I, I did the, I rolled the tongue this time. Um, <laughs> With, you know, and it's that's 45 degrees. That's showing respect to somebody in a high, a very high status, like a like an emperor. Um, and also, if you like, just really need to apologize. <laughs> um, so those are the three major types. But there's one that if you really mess up, it's time to um, uh, really down on uh, the ground. Yeah, it, this is uh, this is called dogaza, and it's spelled. Uh, with a D-O-G at the beginning, because basically you hit the ground, you're on your hands and knees, and you're just putting your face to the ground. And it's just mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like this is the one that if you really, really screwed up, <laughs> this is the one. Yeah. Um, 
Now, not every bow is perfectly on par with the degrees I laid out, but like sometimes you got to kind of be aware of how low the other person is bowing while, while you're still looking down. <laughs> so it's like periphery maybe. So if your boss is bow bowing lower than you, you, you kind of better keep dipping down further below him. <laughs> or like if you co-host a podcast with somebody, you just kind of give them a quick nod, like what's up? Um, no, I, I made that last one up. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I can't see you, you know, Robin, I can't tell if you're bowing to me or not. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I better put this finger away. All right. Um, hey. uh, oh, <laughs> let's give it a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's, so yeah, bowing is used, uh, Shaking hands, not quite, except maybe international business situations. And then again, even those situations, they, they kind of handy rather than shaking hands, they kind of hand each other business cards. So I go onto that side tangent by saying, what would Mr. Miyagi's business card say? <laughs> this is a thought exercise. Uh, so usually they kind of list your qualifications, um, you know, contact information, uh, I just wrote, uh, maintenance, guardianing, gardening, karate, surrogate fathering. <laughs> Miyagi. <laughs> he wouldn't want to brag about the karate stuff. He, he, he would just keep it to maintenance and cars. Probably. He'd probably be yeah. like, knows everything about cars, except how to drive them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask about pools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then what would Daniel say? <laughs> Jersey mm. charisma, baby Browns, <laughs> hothead. <laughs> mm. Easy target. Mm. Easy target. <laughs> yeah. Makes things bad for himself. Uh, Doesn't know when to leave well enough alone. Not the antagonist, but possibly <laughs> a antagonist. <laughs> an antagonist. Yeah. All right, so as we're ending the scene, Daniel's backing out of the door, uh, backing up to the door, hitting his head on the chimes because, you know, I don't know, maybe he just has a hard time. Like, he's like, all right, did I bow correctly? Uh, did I do that right? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but Miyagi, like, still is like Mr. Cool staring forward, and he says 10 o'clock. And then Daniel walks through the screen door and then remembers, oh, maybe I should uh, thank Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> for what he did and uh, that's what he does with my friends out there yeah in in daniel's defense i think like, i mean he could have been concussed at this time <laughs> after the fight that's out true. there so I think, true. I, I think japanese etiquette probably wasn't like at the forefront you know it was kind of like where's my bike yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I will mention that uh, when he leaves, uh, uh, he 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 leaves with the band that the bandana that, um, in his hand. I didn't um, say you could take that. <laughs> hey, you took my. Oh, never mind. Uh, maybe maybe Miyagi didn't notice. He's staring forward, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not looking. Take a few things. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, grab, grab a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do, I do love how this scene, like, and, and yes, the scene is finally ended. Um, and, uh, it, uh, it, we, we end the scene with Miyagi just smiling to himself. You know, it, I just, he's, he's happy. 
good kid, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, so we finally move on to the next scene, and it is daylight, and Mr. Miyagi steps out of the maintenance shed. Did he spend the night? <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> you think so? He comes out, and he's, like, adjusting his pants, and uh, <laughs> when he comes out, I think he crashed there. I mean. <laughs> like, to me, I thought he was, like, he looked kind of freshly showered. Like, he looked all right. And, of course, the meeting was at 10 o'clock, so, you know, you know, he might be, like, any other old person where they get up early and like, what would he be doing for the entire time? Not fixing the pool, um, <laughs> but maybe just sitting there clipping away at his trees. Uh, and, and I noticed his shirt's not as rumpled or whatever, but then I like put on the, my HD version of karate kid. And I really kind of studied him as he walked out. Mm. I was looking, I was looking for something else, which I'll mention in a minute, but I noticed on his left sleeve, there's some blood. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, there's some blood on his left sleeve. From like, beating right, up those kids. I'm assuming, or just carrying Daniel. <laughs> wow. Because it's, it's like right around by his, his elbow area. Huh. So maybe he did like sleep in his clothes and got up, ran some, I don't know, Windex through his hair to get himself all <laughs> fresh, freshened up. I was just thinking about the grandpa from Lost Boys. Never mind. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Daniel steps up. He's in a good mood. And he even says Miyagi correctly. <laughs> good morning, Mr. Miyagi. And, yeah, if you are watching maybe the HD version, um, if you are watching for any sort of weird details, if you eagle-eyed viewers actually might spot that there's a boom mic in the lower right-hand corner just as Daniel walks in the frame. And it, it's a guy hiding behind the truck there. And they're just picking up the audio as Daniel is walking up. What? There's a crew member in, in frame? There's a boom mic sticking out. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah. it I yeah. guess it was more well hidden compared to the, the tree that was uh, spurting out smoke. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no fog machine in this scene. Um, so, yeah. Um, Miyagi asks how he's doing, and Daniel says, a little sore. Um, and, yeah, I mentioned this last week, but, again, like, did Lucille notice Daniel is, like, covered in fresh wounds <laughs> this morning? Or, like, what happened to, his, to the whole Baby Browns thing? Like, or did she get up early and leave for work? I, I, I don't know. We just have no idea what Lucille's thinking at this point, you know? And there's no deleted – I was looking for a deleted scene, but there isn't any. um so yeah daniel thankfully changed his clothes (laughs) i guess he's got to wash the blood out of his charges jersey uh he's got his uh he's got his tucked in flannel look again but uh instead of the uh, instead of camos he's wearing beige pants so it doesn't it doesn't stick out as much (laughs) (laughs) but um I did kind of laugh because I realized he's actually, you know, despite the fact that he's not wearing camo pants, he is dressed for battle. Um, do you guys know why I say that? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess the no more Mr. Nice Guy t-shirt. Yep. <laughs> he's wearing a t-shirt. This is no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> wow. He's really prepared for today. <laughs> guess what, Cobra Kai? No more Mr. Nice Guy. They're going to beat him up so much harder for that. 
So when we get to the Cobra Kai scene next week, if you notice that he's slowly unbuttoning his flannel, you'll know why. No, he doesn't really. <laughs> he leaves that thing buttoned up. But uh, <laughs> that would have been really funny. Just slowly unbuttons and then pulls the shirt aside and just stands there with his hands on his hips looking at everybody. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's a yellow shirt. It says no more Mr. Nice Guy. I've seen like the full design on it. It's got like a, a blue monster on it and the, the monster looks very grumpy. Um, and I swear that this uh, design, this this cartoon looks so much like what uh, I don't know if you guys heard of Sandra Boynton. Um, she's like no. a children's author. She's an illustrator. She does greeting cards, like so many famous greeting cards. Um, but she does like cartoon work, like the Blue Monster, and I think a lot like the Make and Bacon T-shirt as well. <laughs> And I kind of Googled her to see if there's any sort of connection mentioned, but there isn't. Um, but I, I will have you know I reached out to her on Twitter, so we'll, we'll I'll let you, I'll, I'll update the podcast if she ever messages me back. I sent her like pictures of the shirts themselves, and then the characters, you know, Freddie and Daniel wearing those shirts. And I was like, "Was this you?" I'm just, you know, there was a mystery that was. Uh, proposed at the beginning of this podcast and it's the three eyes and maybe Sandra will be the key <laughs> to solving the three <laughs> eyes in the end. <laughs> are you just, are you just guessing that she designed these t-shirts or you know, she did. No, I'm guessing. Oh, <laughs> I thought the cartoons looked like something she draw, you know, like, her style that well. I've there's so many Sandra Boynton kids books that I have, but I know she does like greeting cards and like humor and she's, and I looked up her Wikipedia and she's been, she's been doing it since like the late seventies. So she's like in her late sixties now and she's still on Twitter and chats and still design stuff. So I, I don't know. I, yeah. I think why not? Why not? It's Twitter. You can talk to anybody on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so just, you, you know, will she you answer brought, back? You brought up an awesome point that in the original Karate Kid, Daniel is the worst dressed guy in the whole freaking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Only time he looked good was when he was in a towel walking on the beach, coming up from the ocean there with Miyagi. And <laughs> when he's in his karate gi, I mean, any other yeah. time he's like, I mean, what was he thinking with that? Like white, white, white shirt and white pants and red jacket. Like, oh, my gosh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the camel I, whenever he puts the uh, bandana on, it just immediately turns him into uh, coolness. <laughs> like whatever yeah. he's wearing, he's he's completely cool wearing that bandana. So like he's wearing the same outfit later, uh, you know, after the do- uh, going to Cobra Kai and uh, but he's got the bandana on. So he looks cool. He looks like a karate kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Miyagi. Uh, gestures to his truck and uh, he says, you know how to drive? And uh, I, of course, looked the truck up. Uh, there is the internet movie car database, which says it's a 1941 Chevrolet light delivery. Um, but I did find conflicting data on a website called curbsideclassics.com. It says it's a 1942 Chevrolet light delivery. And they had, they had like a whole article. Big difference. Let yeah, me tell right? you. <laughs> they had a whole article about the cars from the Karate Kid and some like, anal, you know, analysis on um, why they might have picked it. But so this is what they say about this. Uh, 
1942 model year vehicle was an unusual choice as the cessation of civilian vehicle manufacturing after the attack on Pearl Harbor made 1942 cars and trucks rare. Using a 1942 as Mr. Miyagi's main vehicle may have been purely coincidence, occurring only because the producers wanted an old pickup truck and their movie car broker happened to have a 1942. If the choice was intentional, it was inspired because 1942 was the year that Mr. Miyagi, the movie character, and Pat Morita, the real-life person, each went to an internment camp for Japanese-Americans during the Second World War. It would have been a perfect match between character, actor, and car. So it's like almost like a another Medal of Honor or something. I don't think this is the year that represents the pain that I went through, and this is a rare truck that came out of it, I guess. I don't know. But he but wouldn't have it, got it, it I, that year. He would have no, had- no. But maybe yeah, he shopped. It's at 1942. Like, like, yeah, this, I'm gonna get a car that was made in that year. I don't know why, but mm. <laughs> it's just notable, maybe. Um, but of course, we also may be looking at it a little bit too closely because, according to the commentary, this is just Pat Johnson's truck, the <laughs> fight choreographer, the referee at the end of the po- yeah. uh, at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's just his truck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, so again, I don't know, maybe John Avelson was like, you have a 42. Well, that's perfect because I wanted to draw a, a parallel between yada, yada, yada. Um, but I don't know. I'm assuming probably not. <laughs> no, I think I, you're on to, I think you're onto something though, because you know, uh, in Karate Kid three, he has to sell the truck and you know, Dan was like, you sold the truck. I, yeah. I mean, that was symbol. That was very symbolic. So I think you're onto something. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, truck, truck spoilers. Truck spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> he sold the truck. What? <laughs> but it looks like he gets it back. It's it's sitting in the yard in Kurokai, right? So. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So Daniel jumps into the passenger seat, and uh, yeah, yeah. So Miyagi says, "You know how to drive." And I love this. Like Daniel's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, really, I just for that one part. I was like, that he sounds just like Rocky Balboa." <laughs> Like young Rocky, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that jersey coming out. I don't know. Uh, so Miyagi surprises Daniel by now instead of jumping in the driver's seat, he jumps into the passenger seat too, kind of scooting him over. Um, Daniel starts to protest, says he's not very good at it, and yeah, this is great because Miyagi's like, Yeah, me neither. I don't have a license, me neither. Well, all right, I guess it's okay then. How does that work? <laughs> How does he not have a license, but he has all these cars? What does he do with the cars? <laughs> it's not driving. Buys, buys them used. Maybe they don't need a proof of license. Do you? Even, do you don't you know where he gets the cars? Uh. Detroit. <laughs> yeah, That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Daniel all of a sudden is like, he goes from like, oh, God, what are you kidding? And then he's like, you know what? Awesome. I get to drive. Yeah. Uh, and he fires up the ignition, grinds the gears and gets started. And, uh, yeah, if he was feeling a little sore before, how about a little whiplash on top of it? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You mentioned Rocky Balboa because the way that Rocky drives in Rocky two with, uh, with <laughs> yes. the Trans Am is totally the same way. Uh, Daniel's driving the truck here. Yeah. That scene where he goes and gets his jacket <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rolls up on the curb. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
And again, some trivia from the uh, commentary. They were talking about Pat Jan- Johnson's car, and they also were talking about the day they got it. It didn't even start when they were filming the scene. Like, so Ralph and Pat had to choreograph, like, jerking back and forth like they were on the bridge of the Enterprise <laughs> <laughs> as the crew kind of pushed the truck along in neutral. <laughs> but I, I guess, th- I assume they finally got it started because, you know... I don't want to spoil next week, but we have a little quick shot of the truck moving and jerking along on its own without manual assistance. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, that's all I really have for this minute though. I'll I'll, I'll really deep into it. Uh, so, um, we have our, do you guys have anything else you wanted to mention about this minute? I'm sorry. Nope. We didn't continue on. Nope. Um, all right. Uh, our end of podcast question for Friday is more like a, a free form kind of thing, you know, and we basically ask our guests if they want to talk about anything Karate Kid related. That means the sequels, the the, the series. Uh, Kevin, we have a, a podium for you if you wanted to mention anything <laughs> that you maybe like from the series. Uh, man, you know, I love it. I love everything. It, it's just uh yeah. You know, being a, this is the way I've always used it, guys, is being a diehard Karate Kid fan, I have not had anything to be excited about since, um, well, loosely since 1994 when we saw Mr. Miyagi for the last time in Next Karate Kid, right? I mean, the fandom was yeah. dead. We don't acknowledge anything that took place in 2010. That did not happen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you fast forward and now it's just like, you know, it's like that whole brumation thing, right? I mean, the fandom was just, just waiting for something and now, now it's here, right? And, uh, for us long timers, we've been in the dojo for a while now, but uh, it's so awesome seeing all the new people and, and the mm-hmm. success. And that just means more seasons and, and hopefully maybe a bigger budget. And yeah, it's just, it, it, it's just awesome. I, I just, I just love everything about not only the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai universe, but also our fandom. I mean, uh, guys like us just chatting about this and having a good time and yeah. all the, all the great actors that are engaged with all the fans. And, uh, it, it's, it's really, it's just like a family. It really is. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that's how I feel about it guys. Yeah. I love it. I love the fact that, you know, like I did a, I did a minute by minute podcast for, uh, the movie Fright Night before this. And, you know, it was fun talking to people that were involved in the movie and, you know, there were still people there, um, you know, remembered the movie and, and, you know, listened and was a part of that. But there was so many more people who were like, what movie? <laughs> you mean the Colin Farrell one? <laughs> and I'd have to be constantly like, no. Uh, <laughs> but it's great how the series has kind of uh, reminded people of how big the Karate Kid franchise was back in the day and how, you know, so many things, I mean, you know, the the like the saying like you you Miyagi'd me like is, is almost in our vernacular when you're talking about something learning something without really realizing it, um, and uh, you know it's funny I was reading an article today uh, we talk about the movie that shall not be named, <laughs> but I almost think like now I'm like after reading the article I was like oh god maybe I should tr- try to give it a little bit more credit or be a little nicer to it. Um, because uh, it turns out that Will Smith is actually one of the producers of Cobra Kai. <laughs> you didn't see his name on every episode? <laughs> yeah, they just kind of forgot about it. <laughs> I, I read that exact same article, and I, uh, 
I like, I, you know, like I said, he, his name's been in the credits and all that. And I thought, okay, I know, I know he owned the rights. And I just thought that was kind of just, uh, yeah. you know, we have to put his name there kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And after I read that, I was like, wow, I didn't realize how involved he was in, in all, you know, Cobra Kai becoming what it is, you know, with the pitching and, and all that kind of fun stuff. But, um, I still can't forgive him for that movie. Uh, I, I, as much as I love Will Smith, I just I, I just can't do it, guys. Uh, my <laughs> wife, my wife loves that movie. And, oh, oh it's, it wasn't that bad. And I'm like, mm, you want to call a lawyer or should I? You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's caused a, it's caused many an argument, and I'm like, yeah, no, it does not exist in my dojo. <laughs> <laughs> Is he is Will Smith gonna shoehorn his son into one of these seasons? Oh dear God, please no. <laughs> twenty twenty would do that to us, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe Cobra Kai is his apology to us Karate Kid fans <laughs> for that abomination. And I'm just gonna say, uh, on behalf of uh, Karate Kid Minute, I'm sure Matt agrees with me. Uh, we accept your apology. Yeah, Cobra Kai's great. The, the, Cobra, the Cobra Kai dad will join you on that, and I will say yes. I will, t- I will take that apology. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Cobra Kai dad. Kevin, uh, Matt, and I are now bowing to you firmly at f- just precisely 15 degrees. Um, mm-hmm. No more, no less. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unless you bow deeper, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Oh. Now I'm on my hands and knees, darn it. Uh, <laughs> But uh, uh, Kevin, please let everybody know where they can find you and your co-host talking about Karate Kid. Absolutely. So uh, you can find my myself and Ankit uh, on uh, on our podcast page on artistfirstradio.com. Uh, easiest place to, place to catch us is probably my Twitter account, which is at Cobra Kai Dad. Or we also do have a Facebook group as well. So feel free to join up and uh, you know give us a listen. Uh, we have a lot of great interviews on there with a lot of the cast members from the original Karate Kid. People like uh, Sean Kanan and uh, Daryl Vidal, and then of course a lot of the actors from the uh, from the Cobra Kai series. We just wrapped up an interview with uh, Aaron Bradley Danger, who plays um, Counselor Black in Cobra Kai. So yeah, we. It, it, we got a little bit of everything. We got discussion. We've got you know fans as guests, and uh, I'm holding you guys to it. I want to have you guys on the show too at some point in time. Yeah, sure, oh, absolutely. But yeah, just uh, give me a follow at, at Cobra Kai Dad, and uh, and uh, yeah, be able to find our podcast and everything related to it. Cool. And we thank you again for uh, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, pleasure's been mine, guys. <laughs> All right, uh, everybody, uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. uh, And tune in next week when Daniel steps back into the pit of snakes, this time with backup. And until next time. No mercy. No mercy.